Mark 6, and we're going to start in verse 45. Let's read here. It says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat. He didn't ask them. He said, y'all need to get in the boat. We can bring that out. And he said, go, go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. Everybody say, Bethsaida. And while he sent the multitude away, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Verse 47. Now when the evening had came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. And then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. And now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, For they all saw him, and they were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And verse 51, then he went up into the boat, and notice what happened, and then the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Amen? Let's look over at John, the Gospel of John. You guys ready for tonight? John 16. John 16. And we're going to read in verse 33. Everybody there? It says, these things I have spoken to you. This is red letter edition. So this is Jesus speaking. He said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Notice this, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I think we just heard that in Mark 6. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. Look at your neighbor and say, be of good cheer. Now give him a big old smile and say, be of good cheer. And notice this, why, why should you be of good cheer? Well, Jesus answers it in the next statement he makes. He said, because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. If you're taking notes tonight, the title of my message is I have overcome. Look at your neighbor and say, I have overcome. This is kind of like an old time camp meeting kind of service, kind of, kind of tribe type message. But we're going to talk about I have overcome tonight. You know, um, the thing is, I was reading about this uh, story the other day and all these different thoughts I was thinking of, of and uh, thinking about what happens when the storms of life come to us, when trials, when temptations, when things happen that are beyond our control. And I was thinking about that because back in the day, especially when I played sports, predominantly basketball, there would be things that were out of my control. Uh, there would be situations like the refs, and other people that were beyond my control. And you know what? I would usually get upset at it. You know, I don't think you would realize this is about me, but I used to be pretty mouthy, especially in high school. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't put up with stuff. I would talk back to authority, and I'm not saying that was, that was good because it wasn't good. But I would talk back to refs. I would talk back to players. And you didn't want to steal the ball from me when you were in high school because I would make you pay for it when you tried to go back up for the next shot. That's the kind of per- I'm not saying it's right because it's not right, but that's that's how I handle things that were outside of my own control, and usually I would get in trouble for for that. And I tell you, every time you try to take over something that you don't have control over, you're going to get in trouble. And I was thinking about the storms of life, the tribulations of life, because they come to everybody, no matter what. How do we handle those situations? Every one of you in here tonight, there's elements in your life, there's people in your life that you have no control over. You know, some, some of you, it could have been a divorce, it could have been somebody abused you, it could be somebody's talking bad about you, it could be all sorts of situations that you don't necessarily have control over. How do we deal with those situations? You know, just because we don't have control over it doesn't mean it still doesn't hurt. But you got to realize something. You are not capable of fixing everything and everyone around you. You're going to live a crazy, 
psychotic life if you think you're going to fix everyone and everything around you. All the circumstances of your life is not going to be bubblegums and rabbits. It's not going to be vanilla cones and rainbow sprinkles every single day. You need to realize this. And by me saying that doesn't mean I'm not a faith person. But I'm saying your outward circumstances and outward situations are not always going to be ideal. I didn't say it has to affect you on the inside. But I'm saying there is outside circumstances that you always can't control. What are you going to do with those things? Because this is what happened to these young disciples in Mark 6. Now let's look over back at Mark 6 real quick. Mark 6. You know, uh, in Mark 6 here, these disciples Jesus had, if you realize anything about these disciples, is all the disciples were young people. I don't know if you knew that, but Jesus could have picked any group of people on the planet to have with him, but he picked 12 young dudes. That's who Jesus picked. You know, a lot of people and commentators think that the oldest one of the group was probably Peter, and he was probably only 21 years old when this was happening. So Jesus was the first youth pastor. Hello, somebody. Jesus was the first youth pastor, and Jesus loves young people. Contrary to popular belief, Jesus doesn't just love your grandma and your grandpa. He doesn't just love your mom and your dad. He loves you, and you're important, and he loves young people. And he doesn't think about you being the church of tomorrow. He thinks you're the church of today, and he needs you right now. But these young men got in the boat, and it wasn't smooth sailing. You know, um, I was thinking about this, and when we, a lot of people, it's a misunderstanding of the gospel and a misunderstanding of the Bible. They think if they accept Jesus, that means everything's got to go right in their life automatically. Just because I got Jesus, that means I'm going to be the president of my class, I'm going to be really good looking, and I'm going to get a, a crazy amount of dates the next week. Not necessarily. Some people get saved and they get uglier the next week. They become the biggest loser in the class and lose all their friends, and nobody wants to talk to them. But that doesn't make your experience any less or any greater. Because what Jesus does is not on the outside, it's on the inside. Now, we know it will affect the outside circumstances, but when Jesus comes on the inside of you, you don't change the way you look. You don't grow to be six foot four. I wish when I got saved, I grew to be six foot four, but it didn't happen. I stayed the same height. You know, that was just a little, just a little, you could tell it was a little wound on the inside of me there. Yeah. All the short people can say amen. You know, I just, I never made it over six foot and I'm a little upset about it. Hey, there's still hope for me. I still believe in miracles. But you got to realize when you get in the boat with Jesus, it's not always smooth sailing. It's not always the sun shining bright. Your outside circumstances. And see, what's, what concerns me is because, now this is a faith church. Like we actually believe God at this church and we don't like appreciate doubt. We don't appreciate unbelief. And we, we pride ourselves in being a faith church. We believe God. But some of us can get this improper notion. If you're a faith person, that means there, there's no circumstances in your life. There's no storms that come to you. That there's no challenges that ever try to come to you. Just because you're a faith person doesn't mean anything bad never happens to you. Hello, somebody. It just means you got faith. You can make it through that circumstance. And see, there's an improper thought about faith. And I think a lot of us, even some of us young people have got that. If I really had faith, then you wouldn't be going through that. That's not necessarily true. And you got to realize something that... It says in the word of God, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. That storms of life come to the just and the unjust. In the word of God, we know it says that the, that the house, which is yourself, 
It said the storm came to the house built on the rock and the storm came to the house built on the sand. So storms of life came to the believer and the unbeliever alike. But it mattered what they built their life on. That's the point. So I don't want any of you guys to freak out and get this notion, if I really had faith, I wouldn't be going through this. That's not necessarily true. Faith is what gets you through to the other side. And circumstances come to everybody. But it matters what you build your house on. Because notice the house built on the rock, on the word of God, the storms of life came to them just like it came to the house that was built on sand. And you got to realize this, that because of Adam's sin and because of the curse, he handed the authority of the planet over to Satan. That's why we have storms of life come to us. That's why we have negative things come to us. Because Satan, it says in the word of God, if you read your Bible in the New Testament, it says Satan is the God of this world. That means Satan has some authority in this world. That means Satan can bring circumstances to your life and the unbeliever's life alike. You know, all the tragedies, all the disease, everything going wrong on the planet is because of Satan. Because he has a level of authority on this planet. You know, when I was thinking about this, not only does he have a level of authority, but you need to make sure that you realize that when you read your Bible and you, you see the circumstances, you got to realize anything that's negative, disease, poverty, struggle, strain, the storms of life, it's not from God. It is not from God. You know, in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the devil. So anything that's stealing, killing, and trying to destroy my life is from the devil. It's that easy. And then he said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. So anything that's trying to give me life and a more abundantly is from God. A lot of Christians don't even know the basics like that. It's just like the devil is bad. God is good. If there's bad circumstances coming to my life, it's not from God. So I'm not going to sit down and, and accept it like God's trying to teach me something. Because it's not from him. Are you guys here tonight already? You got to realize this. In verse 45, it says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat to go to the other side. Notice Jesus put them in the boat. Is Jesus God? Hello. Is Jesus God? So did Jesus know that a storm was coming? But he said, go ahead and get in the boat. Now, was it his will that the storm came? No, it wasn't. He already said what his will was. His will was for them to get in the boat and go to the other side. But between this side of the sea and this side, something happened. And that was a, a direct attack from the enemy. So don't think for one second when you get in the boat with Jesus, and if he tells you to get in the boat, which a lot of us that are here are believers, that when you get in the boat between here and the other side, the devil is going to send storms to try to get you to turn back to the other side. If he can't get you to turn back, he's going to try to get you to jump ship. If he can't get you to jump ship, he's going to try to sink your boat. So Jesus was well aware that when they got in the boat that there would be a storm. But he was well aware also that he was with them and that they were going to make it to the other side. You got to realize this. God is not intimidated by the devil. God does not care about what the devil does. The devil is a created being and God is an uncreated being. He created the devil. The devil is not omnipresent. He can only be at one place at one time. And he is created and compared to God, his authority is so limited. You know, a lot of us have got in the boat with Jesus and he told us to. 
and we thought we were called when we got in the boat, but storms have come, and now we don't think we're called anymore. We knew it was God's will to get in the boat, but now because the storm came, we think we're going to go turn back because there's a storm. You ever thought maybe if there's a storm in your life, maybe you're doing something right, you're not doing something wrong? Hello, somebody. You ever thought you were doing something right? Because the enemy wouldn't be coming against you if you weren't doing something for God. The enemy wouldn't be coming against you if he didn't see a call of God on your life. The enemy wouldn't be coming against you with that storm if he didn't see that you were in the will he had for your life. And a lot of people, when the storm comes, they decide to jump ship. They decide to go back to the other side. The question is, if you never, ever face opposition in your Christian life, are you really following Jesus? Are you really in the boat with Jesus? Because if you never face any opposition, are you in his will? Because the devil, even though his authority and power is limited, if you are doing something for God on this planet, he's going to try to oppose you any way he can. Why? Because he still has some authority because he is the God of this world. You know, um... It says here in verse 46, and he had sent them away and he departed to the mountain to pray. And now when the evening had come, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. You know, this story right here, Jesus was going on a prayer walk. He was going to walk and pray around the mountains, around the sea here that he was talking about. And he he told them to go to the other side, and he was going to walk all that way around the sea and meet them on the other side because he wanted to be alone with his father and pray. You know, this sea that they were on, it was probably, a lot of people have measured it, it's about six to seven miles across this sea that they crossed. And it says in verse 47, that when they came, the, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. So we know that when the storm hit, they were over halfway to the other side. But when the storm of life hit, hello, somebody, they were already halfway to the other side. You know, the thing is, a, a lot of us in here, the enemy hasn't been able to stop us from getting into the boat. But this is what he'll try to do. You get about halfway there, and that's when he sends the storm. Why? Because he's trying to get you to go back to where you started. That's why there's so many believers, they they backslidden because they thought it was easier to go back than to go forward. Let me tell you, it's always harder to go backwards than to go forwards. It's just like the devil to do that too. They were already closer to the other side than going backwards. But the devil tricked them enough to try to make them think they were going to go backwards. It's always harder to go backwards than to go forwards. You know, in verse 48, I love this. It said, then he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. You know, Jesus in his physical form on, was on the earth right then, and he saw these young men in the boat straining. He saw them trying to row and trying to beat this storm. And you know what? Jesus, and now he's in heaven. We know he's at the right hand of the Father. But he sees each and every one of you. No matter what situation, what circumstance you're in, Jesus sees you. You know, he is God, so he can see us all at the same time. And Jesus sees you no matter what situation you're in. And you know what? He's not looking at you and looking at your circumstances saying, you know what, man, those guys just need to get with. I don't know why they're so upset during this storm. No, he's looking at you intently because he loves you and he's coming to help you. And we're going to see this in the next couple verses here. Knowing did Jesus see them, that's one thing. You know, there's a lot of us that see each other in storms of life. We see each other going through really dark circumstances. But how many of you know, you can't help me like Jesus can help me. 
You might be able to say an encouraging word and pack me on the back, but there's some things Jesus can do for you that no other friend can do for you, that your husband and wife can't do for you, your mommy or daddy can't do for you, your coach can't do for you. You're only going to have to get it from Jesus. And if you're going to make it to the other side, Jesus is going to have to get you to that other side. I love this because I mentioned this on Sunday. If anybody was here on Sunday, I love it. He says he saw them straining at rowing. That's a burned out believer mentality, isn't it? They were straining at rowing. They were stressed out. They were freaking out when the storms of life hit. They weren't at peace. They weren't at joy. They weren't at rest. Why? Because they thought if they were going to make it to the other side, then they're going to have to row harder. But that's not how you get to the other side. You trust Jesus to get you to the other side. Let me tell you something. I don't care if you got a license in rowing a boat and paddling. You are unable to get yourself to the other side when the storms of life come. But Jesus never asked you to row yourself to the other side. He said, I'm going to get you to the other side. You know, that's the thing that happens A lot of us, sometimes we might be pretty cool and whatever when everything's going right, but when the storms of life come, that's when we really start rowing. I mean, we're rowing, rowboat. We're dumping water out of the boat. We're freaking out. We're not at rest anymore. God didn't want you to just rest when everything's going right. He provided rest when everything's going wrong. I love this. He saw them straining. They they were probably pulling muscles left and right, trying to strain against those wind and those waves. But all they could do, they were still in the middle of the lake. You know what? Your best effort to get yourself to the other side in the storms of life is lame. Let me just say that to you. It's lame. You're not going to get anywhere that way. You might be able to get yourself to the back side of the lake where you came from, but you're not going to get yourself to where God has called you to be apart from him. Now let's look over at Matthew, Matthew 14. You guys still here tonight? You guys following what I'm talking about tonight? Can I say this too? I know a lot of us live pretty awesome, secure lives. A lot of us in here I'm talking to, we live in a level of prosperity. We're pretty healthy. A lot of us in here have come from good homes. So maybe when I'm talking tonight about the storms of life, the circumstances of life, trials and tribulations, you say, I really don't know what you're talking about because I've had a wonderful, peachy, awesome life. Well, you need to live a little bit longer on this planet because I'm not trying to pronounce anything bad over you, but storms of life is going to come to everybody no matter what. Storms of life will come, and they're from the enemy to get you to turn back on what God has called you to do. You know, I don't, I don't remember how many of my fellow friends started out with me at the boat dock. We all got in the boat together. We all had good. We had paddles with us and everything. We had life life jackets, life vests, and you know, we had snorkel gear and everything when we first left the dock. But about halfway out there, when things got a little tough, when everybody wasn't their friend at school anymore, when people started talking bad about them, when they didn't go to the party every other week, when they, they weren't getting the attention from the girls anymore because they weren't sleeping around anymore because they were trying to follow Jesus, uh, because they weren't listening to trash on the radio every other day and people didn't appreciate that because they wanted them to live as carnal as they live, they decided to turn back. You know, I know a lot of Christians who, who started out with me and we got about halfway and just because things didn't happen in their time and they decided to turn back. Not that God hadn't already blessed them amazingly, but they thought that they would be a lot further than they were. You know, in John 14 and verse 24, this is the same account of this story from Matthew's perspective. And notice... In Matthew 14, 24, it says, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Notice it was tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. Notice that the boat was in the middle of the sea. 
and it was tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. You know, you need to realize something here that we see two things here, the wind and the waves. And we know um, that waves in a body of water like this, which isn't the ocean, the only way you can have waves in a, uh, in a body of water like this that they were on is there has to be extreme wind going on an extreme storm going on. You know, that's a type of the unseen forces that affect people around us. You know, wind is unseen, but you see its effect in the waves and the things it produces around the boat. You know, the Word of God says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. You need to realize this, the work of the enemy in your life is unseen. He's an unseen force. How many know you have an enemy? You don't need to be afraid of him, but it's true. And he's a spirit, so he's unseen, but he affects things that we can see. He is the wind behind the waves in our life. So you need to realize every wave and circumstance that's happening in your life, there's something behind it. You need to realize the divorce that just happened in your family, there's something behind it more than just your mom and dad. There's some wind behind it from the enemy. Because there can only be waves where there is wind. And the waves are just subject to the wind that's blowing them. You know, that abuse that somebody in your family just went through, it's not so much that person, it's the wind behind it, blowing it. And we see that the work of the enemy in people's life is like wind and waves. You know, a lot of people are waves in our lives. There's a lot of people that are persecuting you at school or at work, and they're just waves. They're not the source of it. They're just being moved by the wind, which is the enemy behind them. There's a lot of people, especially unbelievers, that are wave people. There's a lot of wave people on this planet. You know what? If you're an unbeliever, you have no no choice than to just let the wind blow you wherever you want. There's a lot of people like that, isn't there, in our lives? They're up and down every other day. Why? Because they're just waves that are moved by wind. And wherever the devil wants to blow, that's where they go. Wherever, wherever he's moving, that's what they're doing. One day they love you, next day they hate you. One day they're happy, next day they're depressed. Why? Because they're just waves and they're affected by wind. But the, the sad thing is, believers should not be like the rest of the people on the planet. Believers shouldn't be like the waves that are just tossed to and fro by whatever the enemy blows. You know, the word of God says in Hebrews that Jesus is like an anchor to us. That means whatever Satan keeps blowing, we're not moving because we're basing our life on Jesus. And he's our stability. So we shouldn't be like the rest of the planet that are just waves up and down, up and down, this way, that way, wherever Satan blows, that's where you go. You have no morals. You have no convictions. But you should be like that anchor because it says that he is the anchor of your soul. So it didn't matter how much waves and wind is is blowing around you and the storms of life, you are stable, you are solid, because you're anchored into Jesus. You know, a lot of us try to fight the waves when the waves isn't the issue. That's like trying to fight fruit when fruit is not the issue, the root is the issue. See, a lot of people are trying to change people's actions, but the actions is not the issue. Their heart is the issue. If you change their heart, their actions will change. If you change the root, the fruit will change. So you got to realize the, the circumstances in your life, that's not the issue. You need to realize your mom freaking out at you at home is not the real issue. She's being influenced by some wind. The people talking bad at you at school, they're not the issue. They're just being influenced by the wind. That sickness and disease in your body, the circumstances that are trying to make you depressed, it's not really the issue. Your emotions is really not the issue. They're just wind that is being blown by the enemy. 
Because a lot of us are fighting the wrong thing. We're fighting the waves when the wind is the problem. You know, when you get in the boat with Jesus and go to the other side, it really just pertains to everything in your life. Maybe it's a dream that God placed in your heart. Maybe it's the will of God, the purpose of God for your life. The enemy is always going to send storms. I'm not trying to freak you out by that, but I'm trying to prepare you ahead of time. Because I don't want you to be, be like some of my friends, some of the people I've known, that when the storm comes, they turn around and go back. I'm not trying to raise up another generation that when the storms of life hit and things get a little tough and things get a little hard, they go and run like a bunch of babies. But I'm trying to get some real believers and follow, followers of Jesus that say, I don't care what comes, I'm going to trust Jesus. I don't care what the situation is, what the sickness is, what the disease is, if there's divorce, if there's abuse, whatever happens, I'm going to trust Jesus and not this storm. You know, if Jesus put you in that boat, now that's the key here. Now, if we tried to go out on that lake by ourselves and Jesus didn't tell us to go, hey, it's up to us. But if Jesus told you to get into that boat, which a lot of us have, we know for a fact that we're in the place that Jesus has called us to be. If he told you to get in that boat, guess what? You are going to go to the other side. And just because circumstances try to yell at you louder than what Jesus said, Jesus is still telling the truth. The circumstances come to try to get you to trust the circumstance instead of trust Jesus. But how many know the circumstance in the storm is not more powerful than Jesus? Let's look back over at Matthew 6. You guys get anything tonight? Matthew 6. You know, we're going to read here Matthew six forty nine. It says, and when they saw him, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. They supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they, they saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked to, with them and he said to them, be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. Notice Jesus said, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. You know, a lot of you in here, like I said earlier, probably aren't in the middle of a storm right now. You could be. But just because you're not right now doesn't mean there's not one coming down the road. I'm trying to prepare you for a storm. We don't look for storms we don't pray for storms, but when they happen, we know what to do in the middle of them. You know, the whole story here is, you know, these guys were fishermen. That means they made their living by fishing on that sea. They probably experienced several storms. But you got to realize, if fishermen are freaking out at a storm, that has to be a pretty bad storm. Since they're in storms all the time. Like, they're not going to freak out if it's just a little rain and some wind. This has got to be like a perfect storm kind of setting with waves crashing and things going crazy if these fishermen are freaking out. But Jesus knows that he came to them on the water because he saw them. You know what? Jesus is not going to just stand aside while you struggle. We don't serve a God like that that just says, I want you to struggle for a little while. It's going to teach you something. No, if Jesus sees us struggling, he's coming immediately to help us. And notice he said, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Now, we read that in our, like, our King James Version voice. It's very proper. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. But when he actually said this, it was a lot more intense. 
Like there is crazy waves going up and down with these young men on a boat. They're probably screaming. They're probably cussing. They're probably saying, what the heck is going on? They're trying to get water out of the boat. They're saying, Jesus, why would you tell us to go across the sea? And now we're in the middle of a storm. I mean, this isn't like happy, go lucky, like everything's going right. And then Jesus just pops on the scene and said, be of good cheer in his eye. No, these are some serious circumstances. This is serious. You know, the reason he probably said this, he probably said it loudly. If the storm's blowing, if the wind and the waves, Jesus probably had to yell this pretty loud for them to hear him. You know, during this right, this situation right here, they were probably thinking, I'm going to try to turn back. I'm going to try to jump ship. Whatever I got to do, this has got to be over because I've never been in this worse of a storm. You know, when he said, be of good cheer, it is I, as soon as he said that, the circumstances, the wind and waves didn't stop immediately. You got to realize that the circumstances didn't just stop as soon as he said, be of good cheer, it is I. You know, a modern day version of this is like somebody's punching you in the face and Jesus is standing next to you saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And you're saying, yeah, Jesus, I hear you. I appreciate that, but I'm kind of getting punched in the face right now. Can you kind of make this stop? That's kind of the circumstance they were going in. It's like, Jesus, I appreciate you're here. Be of good cheer. Awesome. I don't know what we're cheerful about. We're about to die. Because it says when he said that, the situation and circumstances really didn't stop right then and there. But that didn't mean that God wasn't working on their behalf. You know, a lot of us, sometimes when we pray for the circumstances to change, we pray for healing, we pray for uh, deliverance, we pray for this hurt to be over, we pray for peace, we pray for joy. Sometimes it might not always come immediately right that second when you pray. But that doesn't mean God's not working on your behalf just because things didn't change just like that. You got to realize it took some time for those wind and waves to go down and stop and to cease. But that doesn't mean that you're not in faith if they don't stop immediately. Because you got to realize as soon as Jesus speaks, the storm is stopping. The storm is calming. You might be feeling some of the effects of the storm, but the storm's over now. You know, the thing is, it's easy to trust God when everything's going right. See, a lot of us, myself included, I've had an awesome life. I've hardly went through any tests, trials, or really hard circumstances. I'm just going to be honest with you. I've lived in abundance my whole life. I've lived with a great family my whole life. I've lived in health. I haven't faced many hard circumstances. And you know what? We can fool ourselves to thinking we're trusting God until something bad happens. And we realize we were never trusting God in the first place. It was just we had a pretty happy-go-lucky life. But you got to realize when things happen you really realize whether you were trusting him at all. When the storms of life happen, it's kind of a faith check. Because a lot of us in here say, yeah, I believe God, I trust God. But I've seen some of our responses, mine included, when a challenging circumstances come, when wind and waves come to our life, we fall apart immediately. Then we really weren't trusting, were we? Because Jesus said we're going to go to the other side. And if we really believed we were going to the other side, doesn't matter what kind of wind, what kind of waves, what kind of contrary circumstances, we're going to be in joy, we're going to be in peace, and we're going to be in rest because we know what Jesus said is going to come to pass. You know, faith is just because you have faith and trust, it's not the absence of bad circumstances around you. When you trust God, it doesn't mean that nothing bad ever happens. But it means that whatever you face, you can be in joy, you can be in peace, you can be in rest because you know what Jesus has said is going to come to pass in your life. And you realize 
that that sickness or disease in your body cannot last because Jesus has said he is my healer and he's going to be my healer. And just because I have a bill that came up, just because I got laid off from my job, doesn't change the fact that Jesus is my provider. And I'm going to believe that over my circumstance. Just because my life hasn't worked out the way I thought it would by now, and I haven't got married to the person I thought I would now, doesn't mean God has given up on you. He still said you're going to go to the other side. You know, let's look over at John 16. John 16. You guys get anything tonight? John 16. You know why Jesus can tell you and me to be of good cheer in the middle of dark seasons in our life, in the middle of storms in our life? You know why Jesus can tell us that? And it's not just a lame, it's not just a fakey, because there's a lot of fake Christians that have fake smiles and have fake laughs and have fake joy, and they are miserable on the inside. Jesus is not saying, fake it till you make it. Just be of good cheer. Act like everything's going right when it's not going right. No, you got a reason to be of good cheer. And I'm going to tell you why. Because in John 16, verse 33, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Or let me translate that for you. In this world, you will have storms come to you. But Jesus said, but be of good cheer. Guess what? Because I have overcome the world. And if Jesus is on the inside of you, that means you have overcome the world. Are you hearing me tonight? I thought I would have got a better response out of that. He can tell you to be of good cheer. Why? Because you have overcome the world because the overcomer lives on the inside of you. So for any storm that comes, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than the storm that's around you. I heard one preacher say this before, but, and I believe with all my heart. He said, how can your boat sink when God is in your boat? How can you not get to the other side when God is in your boat? It's a one thing if you're by yourself, but when God himself is in your boat, you're not going to sink. You're going to go to the other side, and you're going to fulfill everything God has called you to fulfill. If God is in your boat, that sickness can't stay, that poverty can't stay, that depression can't stay, that abuse can't stay, that broken heart can't stay. Why? Because he's in your boat, and you're going to go to the other side. You know why we can be of good cheer? Because Jesus walks on storms. You know, the word of God says everything is under the feet of Jesus. That means he's above everything. Every circumstance, every divorce, every heartache, every pain, every suicidal thought, Jesus is above everything. And Jesus walks on it. He uses it as his carpet the circumstances that we face. You got to realize this. He walks on cancer. He walks on poverty. He walks on heartache. He walks on depression. He walks on every circumstance in your life. You know what? He lives on the inside of you. So guess what you need to be doing? You need to be walking on those circumstances because you're an overcomer. And he lives on the inside of you. And if he overcame the world and he lives on the inside of us, then we overcame the world. You know, I want to raise up believers that even when all hell is breaking loose, they're going to be full of joy. They're going to be full of peace. They're going to be full of praise at church. They're not going to come to church with a depressed face. They're not going to come to church and fold their arms. They're not going to come to church and show the whole world, I'm depressed. I'm going through the storm. I can't make it when the Savior of the world lives on the inside of them. When the one who walks on everything lives on the inside of you, you're going to act like that? You don't realize what you have on the inside of you. 
I love that verse. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in you than any storm you face. Whether that storm came for your doing or it was something out of your control, the enemy meant it for evil, but God can turn it around for your good. You know, I love this in another passage about Jesus in the boat with his disciples. If you ever read the Gospels, read all the stories when they cross the sea. Almost every time there was a storm. It's because it was on purpose. The, the enemy was trying to upset the disciples and Jesus. Every time they tried to step out and do something for God, every try, time they tried to fulfill what was in their heart, the enemy would always send a storm. But Jesus showed us how we can deal with storms. I love it. One time when he was sleeping and they woke him up, he just woke up and he said, peace, be still. And everything stopped immediately. Why? Because he walks on everything. He walks on storms. He is above all storms. He is greater than all storms. You know, they said this about Jesus. They said, even the wind and the waves obey him. And you know what? He lives on the inside of you. So even the wind and waves obey you. Hello, somebody. I'm talking about the believer's authority right now. If he lives on the inside of you and he gave you his name and he gave you his authority, then the circumstances and storms of life have to obey you because he lives on the inside of you. You know, the thing is, with every storm in your life, you know, when, when circumstances and storms happen in our life, when bad circumstances happen, the enemy will do this on purpose where you can't see even out of the storm. You feel like the storm's never going to be over. This is going to last forever. This is going to be the way I'm always going to be. You know, just even recently, I know this is a weird example, but when I got sick for like three weeks, I was like, am I ever going to feel normal again? Even though I knew I was. But the enemy will send crazy thoughts in your mind. Like you could have bronchitis and, and everything else for the rest of your life and allergies. We're talking three weeks. I was on bed rest. I was like, God, am I ever going to feel better again? Crazy stuff like that. But the enemy will put stuff in your mind like this storm's never going to be over, that this circumstance is never going to change. You're going to have to get used to all these wind and waves. But the thing about storms is storms don't last. Storms don't last. Every one of you need to hear that tonight. Storms don't last. And I've heard this before, which I don't completely agree with this whole statement, so I'm going to change it. They said storms don't last, but tough people do. And I don't think that's completely true. I say storms don't last, but people who trust in Jesus do. Because just because you're tough doesn't mean you're going to outlast a storm. Because there's a lot of people who have bulging biceps and are little babies and can't outlast anything. But I tell you, storms don't last but people who put their faith in Jesus will. You know, Pastor Nancy has said this before, and Bishop knows right where I'm going. She said, and I love this, she said sometimes in your life of faith, in your life and trust in Jesus, sometimes you just got to outlast some things. You just got to outlast some things. Why? Because storms don't last, but you do because you believe in Jesus and you trust in Jesus. I love that. She said, sometimes you just got to outlast stuff. The word of God says, with faith and patience, you inherit the promise. You know, the thing is, we, we outlast things because we have patience. But the devil doesn't have patience. The devil doesn't know anything about patience. He doesn't bear the fruits of the spirit in his life. That's how you can outlast him. Let's look up. Uh, John sixteen thirty three, and can I get somebody's amplified Bible? Who's got an amplified? Glory to God. I don't care how old you get, you always need to remember God is faithful. And Jesus is more than enough for everything you go through. He is everything you need. Everything you need. 
You don't need to go searching for anything else. He is everything you need. But I want to read this from the Amplified, John 16, 33. In the Amplified. Now, y'all can shout on this. Y'all can run. You can hang from the chandeliers, even though we don't have any chandeliers, but we're just going to call that the chandelier. The air vent. You can hang from the air vent. So I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. I ain't done yet. It says, in the world you will have tribulation, trials, distress, frustration. But, okay, when God puts that in there, you need to listen to what he's about to say. That's a big butt right there. How many know God's butt is a lot bigger than your butt? Can I get amen on that one? I love it. He says, but be of good cheer. This is what the Amplified says. You need to listen to this. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Okay, this is what you need to do in the middle of a storm in the wind and waves of your life. Because a lot of this, a lot of us don't think about this when something bad happens or when the storm comes. Our automatic reaction is freak out, stress out, fatigue out, go nuts, call everybody, and act like God doesn't even exist anymore. Because there's a bad circumstance in my life. But this is what you need to do when something comes up. A storm of life comes up. Jesus said, take courage, be confident, certain Are you kidding me? Certain. Undaunted. And Jesus said, for I have overcome the world. I love this. He says, for I have overcome the world and I have deprived it of its power to harm you. Are you here? Is anyone hearing this other than me? Jesus said, for I have overcome the world and I have deprived it of its power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Hello, somebody. Jesus said, I overcame the world and I have deprived it of its power to harm you. That storm that's in your life that seems big. Jesus said, I have deprived that storm of its power to harm you and I have overcome it for you. You guys are overcomers tonight. I don't know if you realize that, but you are overcomers tonight. You need to put this message in your back pocket for when a storm comes up. A lot of things are going pretty smooth for us right now. But when that comes, you get that message out of your back pocket and you quote this verse to yourself. That the overcomer lives on the inside of me. That greater is he that's in me than he he that's in the world. Would you guys get anything tonight? My goodness. Well, I had a good time. Let me get every head bow, every eye closed real quick as we close.